Hi, I'm Hayley and I'm here with Craig Reynolds. You're very welcome, Craig. Thanks for having me, Hayley. Craig is a drama reader and I'll get him to explain um, what that is um, in a second. Um, the idea of this podcast is just to sort of give you some tips if you're embarking on any kind of creative writing at home. Um, I mean, you might have time or you might not have time and there's no, there's no pressure on anyone to be coming out with creative things during lockdown. But um, from talking to my friends and colleagues, uh, a lot of people are. So, Craig, you're a drama reader and I thought it might be nice um, if people are at home and they want, they have maybe a bit of time to work on something creative and um, they would like to put a script together and everyone's watching a lot of TV shows at the moment and there might be um, a good time for people to, you know, dust off their pens. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe, yeah, so you're a drama reader and mm -hmm. tell me what that is. So, yeah, I'm a drama reader at UKTV and that means my job is to, at its most basic level, is to read scripts that are sent to us uh, with the idea of finding the best ones, and then one day making the best ones that we read. Um, so there's a, there's a long process for how it all works. Um, I'm just one small cog in a big system. But essentially... But there aren't many drama readers, are there? No, it's not, it's not, it's not a huge... It's a pretty small industry. I mean, the dra drama industry at the development level, which is where I'm working, is, is pretty small. But there, there's, some, there's way more checks that, go th that has to go through a lot of other people before anything gets made obviously it's not just our decision goes there's a huge amount of other people that have to um but this is approve a, new, of it. a new thing for you yeah so a year and a half ago uk tv set up uk tv originals which is their um first foray into commissioning original drama and the process of how it works is a, I'll, I'll, go, I'll run through the whole... Yeah, from the, maybe from, someone sitting at home yeah. who might have ambitions to write something um, or could listen to this and go, yeah, I, I could write a script. Yeah, well, I think that you can, it's, you can learn the craft of writing. A lot of people... Uh, um, you know, for a writer, I think it's one of the most steady jobs that you can find is being, if you can get there, you, to be a screenplay writer. And, you know, if you get good at it, it, they're either 30 pages or 60 pages long. And it depends on who the script is for. So UK TV have ads. So they're um, uh, like, like ITV and Channel 4. So their hour-long episode is about 45 pages because that's taking into account the ads. Whereas a BBC script for an hour will be about 60 pages because mm -hmm. they have no ads. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll explain the, the process, yeah. uh, how it works. So if you're a writer, you've never um, written anything before and you're sitting there and you want to be a screenplay writer. So you're a writer in your head. You're a writer, yeah, <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't exist yet. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you, you're sitting at your computer and you have an idea for a great script. Um, what you need to do then, probably what a good idea is to think about is where it's going to go and what kind of genre do you want it to be. Mm -hmm. So the most... for for good reason, I mean, or for for one reason, the crime is the most popular genre. People are really yeah. drawn to crime. It yes. always has returning viewers. Same with, with the library and people um, yeah. taking books out. Thrillers, crime, even like cozy crime is huge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, um, I suppose it's a great model um, for all those things because, I mean, you can just introduce death and then you have to solve 
where the um the crime and mm. that's always going to have a, a a thriller element to it so um you'll say you want to pitch to um bbc uh, or you want to get a, you one day you'd like to have something on bbc what you need to do is write a 60 page mm-hmm. um uh thriller or crime series or whatever you want to begin with um but you have to think also about the the longevity and the returnability of it so mm-hmm. and you also need to think about how it sits in a series so are there six episodes in the first season mm-hmm. that's more of a uk model whereas mm-hmm. the americans have uh, way more variance in models you, know, you can have one season that has eight episodes or you can have one season that has 24 episodes and then you want it's, it's a, and your idea can't just be one season uh, it, it could be just a one-off season as well but mm-hmm. the, there's more interest in series generally um, that have that have returnability so an idea that can come back yeah. or, over two or three seasons so that's something to think about as well um and then, so yeah, you, cra- you craft your first episode, you write it out, and then you need to write a treatment, and which describes all those details. So what the tone is, where, where the series is going to go, some brief outlines of the characters. And mm-hmm. So you might hear it called, it might be called a Bible, an overall outline of the plot. Would you kind of put in what, what shows you envis- envision it to be like? Or Yeah, often, often included would be a um, description of a comparison, like... Dr. Foster meets Killing Eve with a little bit of, I don't know, um, 24, because I said 24 <laughs> earlier, so it's in my head. Um, I mean, you'd often see that in treatment as well. It's just uh, these kind of visual cues to help the, the reader understand what the writer is trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. So when the writers finish their first episode, the, the next step is to, um, if you're a brand new writer, you won't have representation yet. So that's Probably the hardest part for any mm-hmm. writer at the beginning is to actually get represented by an agent or someone because you can't send generally TV commissioners and production companies don't accept, accept uh, unsolicited uh, scripts. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that often agents don't accept uh, <laughs> unsolicited material. So what you need an agent for that. You need, yeah, it's a bit of a catch 22. It's kind of hard to, to break that first um, hurdle. But the Aim would be, there's a number of ways you could go about it. You could try and enter competitions. Mm-hmm. If you have, if you've won a competition, either that competition might put you in touch with agents or it can give you enough recognition that you could then approach an agent saying, look, I, this script was won this award or was nominated here. Or, um, yeah, or if you can get if you can write a short script, perhaps, and if it's made into a, um, a short film with maybe mm-hmm. some, if you have a friend who's a film director or something, and you could get that made, and then if that gets into a competition, then again, that's some leverage for you to use mm-hmm. in, in getting contact with an agent. Um, so it's just if there's any way that you can get some notice about your script, that will then yeah. give you. It'll put uh, you more at the top. Exactly, because there's thousands of scripts being written all the time, so you need to have something that puts you ahead of the other writers i wonder how quickly an agent will start to read a script and then just put it down like no yeah that's the thing i mean they always say that the first you can you should be able to tell within the first 10 pages and i think that's particularly true of crime and thriller series Mm because often you need a hook at the beginning to pull viewers in oh no sorry just to mention there's, there's other schemes as well like bbc writers room 
um, and Channel 4 screenwriting programs. Mm-hmm. They are like mentorship programs. So you can, and they're free to enter and they have it, they host it once a year. Um, so if all that works out well, then you can get an agent. Yeah. Then, so what happens then is... Wait, I'm just, we are talking about the UK because that's where you work. But, yeah, um, in our, in Ireland, yeah. it's, but the, the, the two countries, they, they work together. They're yeah. not, there is, they don't act, there actually is very little dividing line now. And, um, mm-hmm. especially if you see like, um, normal people. Yeah. Which is, um, BBC, but co-production. And, yeah. yeah. So Element Pictures is an Irish company. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it, I think it doesn't matter if you're, yeah. you, there is no real, com- like RTE is very small, so and they're not going to commission, um, writing especially from a new writer so there's only the uk um commissioners okay yeah um if we're if we're talking about uk and ireland yeah america is then a whole different matter but um yeah so this is the if this process is going through the uk uh, model um so yeah if you get your agent then they start well then they will start representing you and the idea is they will start trying to get you work as a writer so they'll try and get you Okay, so not just pushing your script, they're trying to get you little little jobs. Yeah, so, well, often that first script you've written, it will most likely never get made. It's re- really rare that someone's first script would ever go on to be produced. It's yeah. that You need to make it as good as possible, but it's, mm-hmm. most li- it's mostly just a calling card to show how good you are at writing. Um, and from there, the agent can use that script. And I should, should add, actually... The more scripts you can present to them, the better. So if you okay. had three scripts, that looks way better than having one. And it's more likely you'll get representation the more scripts you have. Mm-hmm. So don't don't stop writing after the first one. Keep going yeah. and write it and just keep always be writing new scripts. But then so if the agent has something they can show, so then what happens is the next stage is getting um, either the writer onto a already established program. So a guest writer on like a, often a lot, a lot of writers start their career in the uh, soap operas. So uh, okay. EastEnders or, or Holby or yeah. Casualty or these Gosh. things or Red Rock in Ireland yeah. or yeah. Um, Fair City. And the idea is then you get, you, you come in a guest writer and you might write a few episodes or if they like you, maybe lots of episodes and then yeah. you can get experience there. Yeah, That's only one thing though. I mean, uh, you, you know, I know people that, their first job was writing on like uh, humans, mm-hmm. uh, like Channel Four's show and stuff. So, oh, yeah, so you you could end up writing yeah. on a on a more um, high end drama as well. Yeah. But then, so either the agent will try and get you work on an already established show, or they will um, show the projects that you've written to production companies. So that's where the production company comes in. And they're the people who will actually, in the yeah. end, make the show if it is to be made. So they mm-hmm. will actually produce it. They will be the people who hire the camera persons and etc. Okay. Um, haven't even got to the commissioners yet. Okay. So the, the if Are, they, you're not the you're not. I work at a commissioner. You're the commissioner. Yeah. yeah. So I work at UKTV <laughs> so, is the so commissioner. You, yeah. You work for. <laughs> so it hasn't got to me yet. I haven't okay. even read anything. So yeah. in my job, uh, all waiting. of this is happening. You're yeah. waiting. I'm still waiting. I'm still I'm sitting there waiting for that writer to send me the. And this has been months as well. So, um, so if the so if the production company liked this script, then what happens then is they represent the script. So they will say, "We like this so much that if we can get the money together, we'll make it." Oh, okay. So they go looking for money. Okay. Yeah. So you get you get a production company, um, and then they go with the script to a commissioner. Yeah. And 
hopefully if it's a good production company, they'll know what the commissioner is interested in. Uh, yeah, so then so if the production company likes what, 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 what's, um, what the script is about, um, they go to the commissioner and they present their case. So they mm-hmm. say, um, you know, we love this new project by this new hot up-and-coming writer. Um, and if you give us, I don't know, 1.2 million per an episode, we can make this series. We can okay. produce it. And like, look at all the other things we've done. You know, we, yeah. you know we're good producers. Um, so is that where you come in? So, yeah. So, at that, so that's, my, that's where I start is the production company... That's where I start. The production company will have sent the script to say they like UK. They think UK TV would be a good commissioner. They send the script in, and I, along with the and all anyone on the development team, will pick it up at some point yeah. and read it. And then it's about telling them what we think uh, if we want to move forward with it. Um, and then if we if we really like it, then we present it to one of the channels, and we think it should be on this channel. Okay. So then the channel has yeah, or Alibi, and then the and or and this same same with all the all the and different they have networks. A, a remit of what they're looking for today. Yeah, because yeah, the channel then like so in BBC, so you obviously have BBC one, two, and three, and four. Yeah. And they all look for different things. So yeah. within BBC, you'd have the commissioning department presenting the scripts that have a production company attached now, saying. Mm-hmm we think it would be good on your channel. Then it's up to the channel to say, okay, yeah, let's get, we'll give that the thumbs up. Okay. So there's a huge amount of stages before yeah. it gets anywhere near to being greenlit. Then. Yeah. Because when it gets to my stage, I have to think about what's right for... For you guys. For, yeah. yeah, for us. But but there are plenty of scripts that I thought were good, but I didn't think were right. A lot of the time, we'd, we'd still want to work with the production company on something, or also if we like the writer, but we didn't think the project was right, we'd like to stay in touch with the writer. And so, that is a, a, what you do as well. You you look for writers that you that you can approach. Exactly. Yeah, we're looking for uh, always looking for new writers and to establish relationships with established writers as well. Um, so not necessarily people who've written a script before, but maybe. Well, they, we, well, they'd have to have done something okay. for us to yeah to pursue them. So um, there's definitely there's a large part of development. Is a, a lot a lot of people in development at production companies will seek. Um, like um, writers who only have theatre credits as mm-hmm. well. So if you've written yeah. a stage play, okay, and it does like reasonably well off, off, yeah. off West End, you know, at fringe theatre festivals, yeah, because they you, like you, that you, kind of discipline of of the theatre. Yeah, writer. it's a great, it's yeah. a great discipline because, and obviously, you can you can immediately get a sense of how good a car, uh, a writer is with dialogue. Yeah. Um, which is the building block of a yeah. Script. Well, that I was going to ask about that. So maybe we'll get into what you've learned from reading all these scripts and how you spot a good one or what people mm. could do to kind of make their their one um, their story come across better because I, I, yeah. I mean I don't know what you want to start with but I know dialogue is obviously all it's mainly what a script is and how do you make that really well yeah I mean it doesn't it not not always mainly mm-hmm. I mean they're um, I mean it's very good to think about visual action as well yeah. often there'll actually be too much dialogue and and okay. they could have expressed what they wanted to Visually. visually yeah um but then again but i mean sometimes if the dialogue is brilliant enough then you're happy to listen so it's there's no mm-hmm. rule as such but um you know if the writer has a consistent approach to it then that's often the strongest thing but yeah so what how how we look what we look at when we read something i think um it, it's a really conservative expression and I, and i don't like it that much but 
it, it warrants uh, looking at is the like the same but new is mm-hmm. a phrase that you always hear in um, okay. the TV industry. Um, and I think what I think that what that often means is that if you're writing something, it's very as a first as a as a new writer say, mm-hmm. it's very unlikely you're going to revolutionize um, a genre or make something just totally new. Yeah. And if you try that, it might, it's very hard for us to envision or yeah. a reader to envision what you're trying to do without any prior experience. So don't try to stand out too much. Well, it's it's a sense of like, um, you know, if you can, if we can understand what you're trying to achieve, and that might be like you are trying to achieve a crime drama, say, yeah, then that's the same bit. But the new bit can be all the flavor and all the eccentricities and all the different... Um, amazing concepts that you like want to put on top. Like a man is killed. <laughs> yeah, like a man. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's serial killer killing men. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Please, someone do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you can, it can still be as fresh and lively and um, as a, as a bullion as you want, but I think the same bit, just, just have it in a context that is when you're a new writer that someone can understand what you're mm-hmm. trying to achieve. Yeah. So consistency in that. Um, and you don't have to sell your soul and take make any draw, like any, I don't know, compromise. You don't have to compromise. But I think it's just yeah. good to think about where you want it to fit in the world. And then on yeah. top of that, you can be as fresh as you want. Mm-hmm. So and I think people would. I don't think people would be trying to invent a new genre. Yeah, well, maybe that's a bit, that's, yeah, maybe I was being a bit um, over the top with that expression. Yeah, but uh, yeah. talking about that, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think I think just... Yeah, sometimes people, uh, it might be just a bit chaotic sometimes, mm-hmm. a new, new writing. Yeah. Uh, it's trying too many things. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and, then, and then, yeah, then the, how, how we, um, and, I, and I, as I mentioned, the, the 10 page rule is, is quite commonly adhered to. I mean, I think you need to, I think you need the, it needs to be well established at the beginning what the tone is yeah. of the piece as well. And it has to be interesting enough that the the person wants yeah. to keep reading because obviously they re- everyone in the industry reads so many scripts all the yeah. time. But would you read the treatment first, and would you? So you already know it's a crime drama, or well, a often noir I, yeah. or something, because you read the treatment. Well, I wouldn't read. The, I often actually probably don't read the treatment first because um, I want to be able to try and experience okay. the script as a viewer would. So yeah. I try to imagine what it's like just watching this for the first time. Yeah. Um. And, and then if, if the script is very attractive, then it's about you know, looking at the treatment and seeing have they thought about mm-hmm. the, like where, this, where the story is going and do they have a good grasp of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but I think, yeah, because uh, obviously I read hundreds of scripts, so it's just about making it less painful for the yeah. reader at the beginning. Um, yeah. And making things consequential. So when an action occurs, what is the spin-off and what is the response to that? How do the characters react to that? And how does that push the plot forward? I think it's like the Aristotelian idea of like the inevitableness. Yeah. The inevitability of uh, of a plot. Yeah. It's like, it should feel like there are other options, but inevitably something happens. The more you can think about why everything exists in the universe that you've created, mm-hmm. the more um, exciting, I think, and the more riveting your drama w- will be. Um, cause everything has it will have a purpose, and it will feel vital. I mm-hmm. think will be really will, is what the, the the term might be used. 
Um, is there anything else you'd like to say on dialogue? Or? Um, on dialogue? Um, well, I think, for, uh, I, I mean, where you can, maybe this is an obvious one, but wherever you can avoid cliché. Um, mm-hmm. So watch a lot and read as many scripts as you can um, yeah. and see, reading bad scripts is, re- is really great as well. Um, and then um, and then trying to just don't copy anything they said in that in, that, in those bad scripts and just avoid the, those mm-hmm. statements at all cost. Yeah. Because there's a huge there's, there's I think crime is really riddled with cliches as well. Yeah. You know there's the the cop duo cliches. There's the uh, alcoholic cop. Alcoholic DI. Yeah. Or there's the uh, senior investigating officer who's really belligerent. To mm-hmm. the Maverick cop below him, like, mm-hmm. um, like this stuff is so cliche, but you still see it quite regularly. Yeah. So really, we uh, talked. Um, I'm not sure if it was you actually, but when we watched that show, Unbelie- uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Or the unbelieved. Or no, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. On, on Netflix. Yeah. And how refreshing it was um, to have the two female protagonists go home and to their families and have normal relationships mm. like usually in these shows um and we talked about Mindhunter yeah um every time the characters are with their other halves or taking a break from the main plot there's something that always happens as an argument or like eye rolls or everyone is tired or yeah. ignoring each other yeah. or neglecting each other um so it was I, I that that seemed like a cliche when you see it yeah so it was really nice to see Supportive partners. <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah. Who work hard as well. Yeah, I think if I think it's when um, tension or um, strife is isn't like uh, wedged into the script, mm-hmm. as opposed to it feeling like it should be there. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, that's a great thing as well. Just you know, it's amazing that sometimes just seeing a um, sympathetic character is refreshing because yeah. I think we're yeah we're so used to. We're so um, conditioned by the, these sort of crime formulas. Yeah, I think so, and I, and I think it makes sense for a lot of them when they're when they're say if they're shorter episodes, they have to cram yeah. in so much. It's hard to have time with just sympathetic characters um, yeah. sitting around being nice to each other. Yeah. What's good about? Um, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. a nice show. Where yeah. Gets on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But but I think I think aggressive characters or characters that inject tension move the plot forward. That's why they're always there. Because mm-hmm. it's a great way to a great tool to have as a yeah. writer, because you can just move. You can always yeah. get them to do something rash. And move I just the theme forward. I think I just meant like when seeing a cop or a detective come home and his wife is already asleep and the dinner's cold on the table. And I know that's what probably they work late and that happens, but it's just done too much. Oh, that's one of the most. I, yeah, I find that very hard to read now. That's one of the most tired cliches: is um, tension caused by the the police detective working too much. And yeah. putting too much time into the case and not enough into the family. Yeah. Um, when I see that, it's it's very very sad. But I think uh, Lion and Judy, I think, is is um, a, a great example of they have very little home life yeah. scenes. They you know that's nearly all the main plot. It's yeah. just. Um, and he's he's a great writer. What's the name of the writer? Jed Mercurio. Yeah. Yeah. Who also did the Bodyguard. Yeah. Or or just Bodyguard actually. Um, there's no the. But um, yeah, he he's a great example of um, he's so. In terms of um, what I was saying about consecutive action, uh, one yeah. one action leading to the next, you know, he's his writing is is, a, is such a it's a domino effect, you know. Every, Line of duty that the 
tension that builds yeah. is unbearable to watch in that. And which is amazing because a lot of the scenes, you know, they have quite long talking scenes. They'll yeah. have, um, you know, when they're in their um, A12 um, interrogation room, mm-hmm. that can go on for quite a, like they're very long scenes and like 10 yeah. minute, 15 minute scenes, which are which is long for a That's uh, probably a good example drama. of your same but new thing because yeah, he, exactly. the way he tells those stories is interesting because you're in on it the whole way. You know, you see the crime and you know who did it. Yeah. And then you, you watch them trying to hide it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. You, you know who the villain is uh, mm-hmm. quite often. Um, and also that's a great, that, that's a great example of same but new premise wise. It's, mm. it's detectives, but it's detectives investigating detectives. Yeah. So it's, um, you're finding bent coppers. Yeah. Like who are, <laughs> who are the bent coppers? <laughs> okay. Do your accent. <laughs> oh, I don't think I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. I won't do the accent recorded. But my Adrian Dunbar impression. Yeah. No, I'll avoid that. I think. Um, bent coppers. <laughs> bent coppers. Yeah. Uh, but it's. Yeah, I think that's a great example of um, same but new. So it's taking mm. the typical crime drama idea, but yeah. flipping it on its head. Yeah. So that that's a great yeah an example of why uh, how important like a, a great premise can be. If yeah. you have a great foundational premise, that's r- really pithy to say. Yeah. It'll give you so much ammunition when you're writing the yeah. series later on. And and viewers are really savvy now. Like everyone, mm-hmm. I I get excited when I. S- realize oh they're doing something different and this is, oh this is really good yeah exactly you know? yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and then you're you're kind of you're hooked you're in like yeah because even the concept can excite you yeah before you watch anything you'd like you'd be like oh that'd be really cool to see that environment i've never yeah. seen that before on on tv so if you can think of somewhere that just hasn't been touched yet rather than just yeah. saying it's a crime series about trying to solve who the serial killer is mm. it's gonna be really hard to sell that yeah especially again especially as a new writer if you're a really well-established writer and people know yeah. everything you write is gold then it's fine yeah but yeah as a as a, a new writer out of the blocks you need to have some uh yeah magnificent ideas yeah Oops. you did touch on like mistakes as in don't don't be the cliche don't do the cliche dialogue or cliche characters but yeah what are some like common mistakes you see um common mistakes um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say again, like, maybe referring to the 10 pages thing, if the, a lot of the time the setup might be a bit boring at the beginning. So one, well, the most common one is seeing uh, family life. So you see generally, uh, a, um, uh, a set of parents and their two kids in the morning rush, the morning yeah, scramble. So, like, they start at the beginning, I like, wakes up in the yeah, morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's really boring to read. Yeah. Um, and like you don't need to show a happy family to know that they're happy. There's ways yeah. around that, and you don't need to show it straight away. Yeah. To, because I I know why a lot. Of, it makes sense why writers do it is because it highlights when the when the inevitable disaster comes. It's like then it, it shakes the the family to their core, and that's why it's a good model because you yeah. see them happy, then you see them sad. But now, as you said, we're all very savvy to that now, so we know why they're, the writers doing that, and that's why it's boring. Um, so if there's any way around that, I would you know, I recommend to all writers to avoid that scene. Yeah. He could just check in and go, love you, honey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just have one, <laughs> one cool. yeah, just text even. Just text. Yeah. Cool. And and what uh, what TV shows do you think are really well written or a really good example of of something to kind of aspire to? So That's again, a yeah. hard question. Not just what you like, but like script-wise. Yeah, um... Well, I'd say if you look at the like the major ones of, say last year, like Succession, um, again that like the, that's a really interesting idea. Exactly, that the yeah. premise now is great. It's like yeah. we, of course we would be interested in seeing what 
the kids fighting for control and yeah, yeah. and a media mogul's family like what yeah. what is that setup like that's immediately interesting i think i think it's it's a great for viewers to be able, able to feel like they're learning something as well about a mm. world they don't know yeah it's, perhaps that's why premises uh, the premise is so important um but it feels like not only is that show does it have great characters and their uh, their arcs are really interesting to follow but we feel like we're learning something about a world that we have no idea it feels like mm. a window into it and again yeah. and again to pull back to the point that we said earlier which i don't want to keep um i don't want to overuse it but again yeah, make, it, make it again <laughs> if the you know if the, if your opening scene is a family getting ready in the morning mm. it's like everyone knows what that's like there's no insight there there's mm. no window into yeah. a new world yeah. um so it just it just to bear in mind you know mm. what what world are you showing and you know how why would that be interesting for someone to look at so in terms of like the a plot and the b plot and subplots like should you be putting in it depends on the, the format you're doing i suppose yes yeah, so that, that's actually one thing we haven't spoken about is uh format as well so mm. um there's different types tell me about format yeah i'll tell you about format now Haley. um so there's different series uh there's different structures for a series so you can have um uh you know uh, a season arc so say if you have six episodes of crime drama mm-hmm. and the murder happens in episode one um mm-hmm. But the the series arc could be that you find out in season in episode six, or you could have story of the week structure where every week there's a new crime that's solved within the episode. Um, yeah, or the, and then you can have uh, obviously you can have even longer trajectories over over seasons. So you're kind of plotting so, out that they're always so, researching that main murder in each show. It's it's getting complicated now. It will. <laughs> oh, sorry, what you mean? It's as complicated to write, isn't it? Um, which one? That's I'm going to cut that out. It's okay. Stupid <laughs> <to> say. <laughs> sounds really hard. I don't think I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that, so um, yeah. So that's so that's something to think about is what yeah, what structure do you want? And that often it will influence the tone because story of the week is often lower budget and um, it has a higher turnover. Mm-hmm. But um, what's considered high end drama. Uh, you would have a crime series mm-hmm. that's maybe one off, just six episodes, like say, like Bodyguard. What are you seeing a lot of? Like, what are what's a trend in, in what what's coming coming to you these days? Yeah, so um, you're yeah, uh, reading a lot of crime drama as ever. It's a very um, popular genre, obviously. So lots of crime still coming in. Um, there's more female protagonists now than probably men. Um, so that's that's. Um, shift that's obviously happened over the last decade or so but i think it'll be interesting now to see how that's changing and how people respond to say coronavirus or a lot of the scrap scripts that are a lot of scraps scraps i think that's a thing to think about as well i think a lot of the scripts i read often don't feel like they're responding or or are responsive to the world we live in so that the would people not worry date so quickly but it doesn't it doesn't have to be um responding to like a direct event it, mm. it's just more feeling contemporized mm. so like say we mentioned unbelievable yeah which is um a great responsive series yeah. to you know obviously uh, like post me too um mm. uh, i think that series is a lot more um so it focuses on the the victim survivors yeah experience and trauma and ptsd yeah, and th- and that was it was great. We, it was great to see that like uh, something so responsive in that way. 
and, that, and that's why it felt fresh and it felt like we were learning something because it was yeah. responding to what the world we live in. Although timeless is a good quality as well, mm-hmm. um, I still think you can be relevant and timeless. You don't yeah. just have to have no reference to the world. You need to be informed on what, what people are actually, the way people think. Yeah. Like what, what are the values of our society now and stuff. So like, uh, so Unbelievable obviously is taking a value that you wouldn't have seen in a series 20 years before. You know, yeah. you wouldn't have seen them take such a sensitive approach yeah. to the, the victim of rape. I think we have like a lot here and we probably could go on all day, but if you had to sort of summarize some, not even summarize, but some advice to aspiring writers or what, what they could, lo- where they could look to for inspiration or um, in education. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because obviously I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not an established writer, so I'm not in a position to, to tell someone how, what journey they need to take. But I think as a reader, um, someone who reads a lot of scripts, I think uh, I've learned the benefit of seeing so many different varying examples. So uh, as ever, re- read as much as you can. Um, BBC uh, Writer's Room, they, they put up scripts um, for all their series nearly. So there's huge amounts of examples um, you can read. And as I said, read shows that you like, but also read shows you don't like um, because you need to be able to articulate why you don't like that. And th- and then once you can articulate it, then you can avoid it because mm-hmm. you might fall into traps that you're not aware of otherwise. Um, and I think, um, as I said, yeah, uh, try and uh, you don't pin all your hopes on one script write as much as you can that's a, another obvious statement but if you go to an agent and have three scripts uh, of different kinds maybe a one one thirty page and two sixty page and maybe even a, a, a short film of yours that was made or something that, um, that was actually transferred to screen um you're going to be you're way more likely to get representation mm-hmm. than someone who has one script so keep going even if you're not don't be hanging on to your first script. No, you, it's 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 your it's a very much a process. Mm-hmm. Um, keep when you finish the first one, send it for feedback from lots of competitions offer feedback, but also get feedback from friends or if you know someone who knows a little bit about TV as well, that would help because screenplays aren't I'm really that. Giving out your email address, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but scre- screenplays aren't really that great to read in, in the nature of them. They're they're made. They're they're not the end product. They're a visual tool mm-hmm. and a guide for a team of people to make something. So it can be hard sometimes for people who don't have experience reading to really imagine it because it, it comes across. It's very stilted. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not going to be beautiful. Like uh, um, that's why I think a, your a advice book. about watching th- watch the show you like or don't, then read the script. And you yeah, can exactly. And you can see, process. yeah, yeah. And also you can see what they kept in and what they didn't as mm-hmm. well. Um, like how it changed in the edit as well. But uh, yeah, so so try and yeah, keep once you finish your first one and meet like send it out for feedback, send it to competitions, speak to as many people as you can, uh, and then be writing your already be writing your next one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then also it could also be good just to have you don't sometimes um, scripts get made um, off the back of a treatment so the, the a commissioner will read a treatment and then pay for a uh, script to be made mm-hmm. so if you had a little like a two page or three page doc about something that you would like to write about that can also that can also be great as well mm-hmm. I keep it fresh C- keep it fresh <laughs> keep it fresh relevant 
exciting and brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Haley. Very informative. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>